Hi, and welcome to the Local Podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. Today with me, I have Amy Pravacek from Zoetis. Uh, I have Amy here today to talk about Beef to Schools, a program I recently became familiar with and have a great deal of interest in. So, Amy, I'm, I'm here for an education. Thank you for being our guest on the Local Podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. So, uh, start out for me somewhere. Uh, where'd you come from? How'd you get to here? And how'd you get interested in the Beef to School program? Sure. So my story and background with the Beef to School program is I have a little boy who is, he's 11 now. Uh, At the time, I believe he was either in kindergarten or first grade. And he eats like three grown men, as many little boys do. But he came to me one day and we were looking over the school lunch menu and the next day was going to be hamburgers. And he said, Mom, I want to pack a lunch for school tomorrow. And I said, what do you mean you want to pack a lunch? It's hamburger day. And, you know, he kid loves hamburgers. And he said, the hamburgers at school just taste different. I'm like, oh, pff, they do not. Don't I'm, be picky. Yeah, I am not packing you a lunch. I'm too busy for that nonsense, you know. I said, you, you just eat your hamburger at school. Well, fast forward a couple weeks later, and I'm at a Crook County Cattle Women's meeting. Mm-hmm. And one of the gals in there is talking about the, the beef that the schools get is a, a beef soy blend. Well, this kid's been you raised on... You made that on, sound really tasty. Well, <laughs> maybe for some people. This kid's been raised on home-raised beef his whole yeah. life, you know. So I was like, oh, maybe he was on to something when he was saying that, you know, the hamburger tastes different at school. Yeah. So I had to eat crow with this little boy and say, you're right, buddy. The hamburger at school is different but we're going to work on that. And that's kind of where my story started. And then, um, you know, the Crook County Cattle Women got together and really pursued this local raised beef in the school, and it has just taken off. It's been awesome. So the there's a program in South Dakota as well, but it, I think it may be piggybacked on what they saw the Crook County folks doing. Is that accurate? Yeah, so um, we had been doing our program probably for a year, and I was asked to present that at the South Dakota Governor's Ag Banquet. Yeah. And so I did. I was happy. I love talking about this. It's something I'm very passionate about. So I talked about kind of how we established our program in Crook County and got that going and and talk, presented that at the Ag Banquet. And as I was coming off the stairs, there was a gentleman standing at the bottom of this, like right at the bottom of the stairs waiting for me. And it was Ken from Wall Meats. Okay. And he's like, we need to talk. This is awesome. You were singing his song. Oh, yeah. He was so excited. And, you know, so we had some conversations. And then I think Wall was probably the first school that really took off with it in South Dakota. Okay. And through Ken and Josh Geigel uh, and the FFA program. And I know Mary Williams was heavily involved with helping that get going there, too. And, And Ken's just skyrocketed this program through his locker. Have they followed primarily the format you started in Crook County then? Um, It kind of varies. Some schools and areas have, some have not. We have been working on a donation program. So producers that donate the beef, uh, we have businesses and other individuals that maybe don't ranch, don't raise cattle, that will donate funds towards processing 
And so far, we've maintained the donation program and have continued to do that, which is great. So in, in Crook County, the formula is effectively someone will donate live cattle to be slaughtered. Um, they're already going to be slaughtered at Sturgis. Is that correct? Yep. Primarily where you go, and you get the donations for the processing itself. Correct. And I saw some of your information earlier. They when you started, they were using about seven hundred pounds of meat in the Hewlett School. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yep. Surprised me. It was was that little, honestly. Well, there's not a lot of kids in the Hewlett School, <laughs> and true. we did we did pilot the program in just the Hewlett School yeah. initially because it's it's a smaller school, so we knew it'd be a little bit more attainable to start there. Yeah. But then with the response we got, then we were also able to add in Moorcroft and Sundance so that the whole Crook County School District can participate. Rough idea how many pounds of meat you're using mm, gosh. through those. I don't know now. I should have asked, but no. I'm not how many, sure. How many kids are you going to have between Sundance, Hewlett, and Moorcraft, would you? Well, I know there's around 160-ish in Hewlett. Probably twice that again in Sundance and probably similar amount more. So right. probably pushing 500 kids you're getting in front of then, I would have to think. Mm-hmm. That's that's an outstanding outreach from a get them imprinted at an early age and remind them that beef is the best thing they can have for a protein source. Right. and also the tastiest protein source. Yeah, it's been really fun. And I know I know Wall started initially the same way with a yeah. donation and then they transitioned into where you know they're the producers are actually selling the product to okay. I think maybe they sell it to Ken and then Ken gets it to the school. I'm not exactly sure how yeah. they how they manage it, but they did transition into a a purchasing versus donations. What was your first year doing this in Hewlett? Let's see. I think this is our fifth year. Okay. And you, <clears throat> excuse me, you presented to the governor's deal within a couple of years of doing that. So right. Wall's been at it for two or three years now, probably. Yes. And I think you've gotten into some other, the, the program has gotten into some other schools. Certainly I was at a Harding County at the Stock Growers Convention. That's where my familiarity with it got a little better. Um, Hot Springs, maybe? Are they? Yes. Yeah. Hot Springs, which also includes Hermosa and Custer. I think they're maybe all one district. Uh, Tiffany and Tyler Robertson kind of headed that one Mm -hmm. up and and took off. And there's there's so many. Gosh, I tried adding it up the other day. I want to say there's like 20 some, maybe more schools now. Wow in South Dakota that are participating in this program. So that wasn't good enough for you. You had to step it up a little bit then. You, and Hewlett has taken it to a whole nother level. Can you tell me about that? So, well, we have, we now have two barns. We started with one barn at our school. We've now added a second barn. And part of that is for kids that maybe don't live on a ranch, mm-hmm. that don't raise cattle or have those opportunities for them to still be able to participate in FFA and show animals and be involved in agriculture. So those kids can keep their animals at the school barn, the school facilities. Now there's also some kids that maybe live on a ranch, but they're busy in sports and have other things going on. So they can also keep their animals at the school so that, you know, in between class and practice and whatnot, they have time to work with those animals or Mm -hmm. do those things. So we do a lot of fun things there. There's always tons of kids in the barns and so lots of animals. So have you had livestock turnover from the barn into the 
school food program yet? Or? We haven't yet. Yeah. No, just because, you know, every all the donations that we've had right. have been coming yeah. from a ranch that already had one ready to go. But the thought and the concept is there of letting these kids also feed, yeah. you know, a steer yeah. up to finish weight and you know, work on those things like what was his average daily gain? Mm-hmm. What did you feed him? You know, kind of that whole process of finishing a steer for them to eat. There's obviously lots of opt- obstacles that come into that when you're talking about feed and facility and who's going to do what mm-hmm. and take care of what. But so the concept is there. The idea is there for hopefully at some point eventually for that to happen through That's the school. standing though because, I mean, you can show me a book all day long, and you can learn from a book, no question, but actually participating in it, seeing the the daily results and your six-month results of doing that, uh, I think will speak volumes to those kids and hopefully keep a lot of them in production agriculture for oh, a long time. absolutely. Yet. Yeah, and a lot of those kids that maybe were not in production agriculture never had that opportunity. A better introduction to it. Yeah. yeah, and pursue it later on in life, you know, from the experiences that they get at this barn we do you know like chandy olson mm-hmm. will come over and do a lot of different things with the kids there ultrasound sheep or pigs or whatnot and the whole school gets to participate in that you know every class gets their turn to go to the barn while she's over there ultrasounding sheep application doesn't just apply to agriculture it comes into life quite a few different ways so that, that's right. really cool and it's great you know and And Paxton, he's a boy. He's a typical ranch kid. You know, you ask him how school was every day. Boring, boring. You know, he's Mm -hmm. not thrilled about going to school. But I asked him one day, I said, well, how was school today? And this was only, I want to say, our first year being in Hewlett. We moved from winter. So we've only been in Hewlett like five years. But I said, how was school today? And he said, it was awesome. And it totally caught me off guard because I was expecting boring. Something burned down. Always, right? (laughs) I'm like, I know, I was kind of nervous, like, oh, my gosh, what happened? I'm like, well, why was it awesome? A little nervous. But he said, we ultrasounded sheep. So, you know, some of these kids where, you know, for them to sit in a room with a book, and that's difficult learning for them, and it's not fun. But when you get to see it and experience it. Right. Changes that a lot. Right. Hewlett's had a strong FFA program for generations, though, haven't they? We have. That, that's very helpful when you have a community that believes in it to start with. And then I, I think that's part of the, or why it's been such a warm reception with the beef in the schools in the area you've been successful in is uh, pretty much ranching communities and they, they can see the value of passing that on to the, to the next generation. Right. And I think that's part two why, you know, our donation program has worked out so well. I mean, we have so many community members and ranchers that, want to donate you know we're not soliciting or asking yeah. you know necessarily but they want to donate and businesses that want to donate towards the processing or individuals that don't raise cattle that want to donate towards the processing so it's been it's been fantastic and you know it's saving our school money they're not purchasing that beef from cisco or whatever the sources are that they right. would normally purchase from we're crushing the soybean market by not having that having that additive. Right, in our beef. right, and we that's support okay. we support soy too. You know, that's all <laughs> part of agriculture. Everything has its place. So hopefully, there's folks out there that are in school districts that 
aren't a, attempting something like this yet, uh, do you have kind of a template for them to follow or advice for them on how, where to start? Yeah, so we do. And I've, I've gone to numerous school board meetings to discuss this program. I will say it really does take a community member to step up and be responsible for the program. Mm-hmm. It, it just really does take that one person to coordinate with the producer, with the school, with the locker, you know, kind of what do we need when and yeah. lining those dates up and and supporting the program. Because if there's not somebody, you know, kind of maintaining the program and keeping it going, it's not nearly as successful. Yeah. So I would say and I I would love to do it for every school, but I just Have can't. Have that pesky job that keeps you on right, the road too, right? right? So, you know, it does take a community member to step up and do it. But I've had a lot of people call and say, hey, can you send me information Mm -hmm. or can you come to a school board meeting or can you come present about this at, you know, a certain school or location? And I'm more than happy to do that. I know other people that have used the program, um, like Megan Harkless kind of heads up the program and Ulrich's in that Mm -hmm. area. You know, Tiffany Robertson and Hermosa and Custer, different people like that that have implemented the program and are, are kind of seeing it through. All those people would be great to visit with. Ken is a fantastic resource for lockers in other areas. That one challenge has been locker space. Is that correct? Yes. Just... Yes. Yeah. There, you know, along the way, there's been some different things. You know, some schools work with like a food service. Mm-hmm. They contract through a food service. That's been a little bit more challenging than those schools that don't for for multiple reasons. Because they have a year-out contract on so much delivery, and that probably impacts that portion of their delivery. Yeah. Right, right. And or different things like um, if the, you know, they get like the pre-pattied frozen burgers. You yeah. know, lots of different things that kind of would throw a wrench into things, but we were able to, working with them, still kind of get that all worked out and finalized for the program to work. So it it just took a little bit longer. You've primarily used hamburger, but there's been some roast beef and any other cuts that have made it into into the schools? Yeah. So again, that kind of varies per school too, and as well if they're working with a food service or not. Um, for the most part, I would say hamburger yeah. generally across the board. That's, you know, the easy right. the easy thing that they can do. But, you know, the roast beef has been done. I know we've done roast beef and other cuts. Um, some other schools have as well. It just kind of depends on how their, their food service and their kitchen staff and all that works out. But, yeah. yeah, there has been other options, but primarily hamburger. What roadblocks have you come across that surprised you or that you've had to learn a, a template for a workaround with? So the the food service organization was, yeah. you know, up to that point, all the schools that I had worked with up to that point did not work with one of these contracted services. So, I mean, they were easy. Talk to the school board. Everybody's on board. Great. There's It seems there's always been ranchers lined up waiting to to donate a beef, excited about it, it just went off without a hitch. Easy. Too easy. Almost sometimes you think, wow, this is this is great. Why weren't we doing this before? Yeah. Why have we been doing this a long time? But that that was a challenge and I didn't expect that. And we actually met with the the gal that coordinates that first and 
And she kind of rattled off this list of requirements and things that they have to do and follow. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is brand new. We'll, we can figure how, this out. Yep. <laughs> we, let's figure it out. How can we work together on this and what do we need to do? And so that was that was a new experience. But, you know, I'm sure there's lots of schools that work with a service like that. So yeah. it was good to get the first one out of the way and yeah. figure out how to work through those those rules and what they've already had contracted and not. And and then the future, too, you know, if you run out of local raised beef and you need to purchase some to make sure you're purchasing that through a local source versus going back to where we started and purchasing the the soy blend pre-cooked hamburger that they were getting before. So... There's been some challenges there, but everything's been able to be worked out and moved forward, which is great. So what's next in Hewlett? You already conquered two or three different animals. <laughs> what are you going to come up with next? Sounds like you. Well, I'm not sure. I know my, so my 11-year-old has a steer that he's donating this month, well, mm-hmm. February, that goes to the locker. And, and it's one that he, it was a bottle calf that he raised and put a lot of time into and he said i i want to donate a steer to my school i said perfect it's great let's do it so we've we've got that steer goes to the locker in a couple weeks and the school's been really good about there's a a billboard in the lunchroom Mm -hmm. and they feature and highlight each rancher on that billboard and about the rancher and the ranch and where that beef came from for the students, for, you know, Grandparents' Day when all those kids' grandparents and parents and whatnot yeah. are coming in to eat with them. And so everybody gets to see that, which is is really cool, too. They've done – oh, we've had different fun days where, you know, they'll they'll serve a, one of the beef lunch items and have a highlight the rancher day or the local raised beef at school. when. Yeah. You can come in and participate, and the kids have done big thank you cards to the ranchers and and whatnot. It's it's just been so fun and Some good feelings all the way around, right? That. Yeah. And you think, I mean, we raise the best beef in the country right here. You know, why wouldn't we why be? Why wouldn't we eat that? Yes. Why wouldn't we that? We'd be feeding that to our kids. Yeah. You know, and so the whole other side of this too that I think is really important and that I'm really passionate about is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of kids their only source of protein is what they get at school. So, I mean, what a great opportunity to be nourishing those littles that are not going to get that or aren't as fortunate at home to get much as far as protein. So I really like that that is happening as well. Maybe that's the next step for you then is figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to have a gentleman on here in a few weeks, uh, I believe, anyway. Uh, he's part of the 1017 Project, which originated in Oregon and Washington, and that's kind of been their their approach to getting beef in some inner-city schools and uh, areas where folks are more financially challenged because, same thing, they weren't getting real beef, and that they've they've gone and com- done some pretty good inroads into providing that through wore-out roping steers, believe it or not. But uh, it'll be interesting to hear how they've approached that topic as well. But well, and what a fantastic All great goals. Yeah. What a fantastic program. I mean, that's great. Yep. Rope and Steers Elite, just like anything else. They make a pretty good hamburger once in a while. And they yeah. <laughs> beef is beef. 
you know? And, and I think about, you know, I feel like, especially nowadays, there's so many kids on medications for ADHD or ADHD, whatever all those classifications are. And I feel like, you know, a quick answer is always to put them on medication for it or whatnot. But I wonder if, if I could possibly do this study, I would do Maybe it. Maybe if they just had a full belly. <laughs> well, yeah, and protein. Yeah. Protein and fat is key in brain development in yeah. kids when they're growing. So I'm like, I wonder if, you know, if you did a study, if you could see if having a good source of protein in that beef would make a difference and yeah. medication wouldn't be required. That's always been in the back of my mind. I'm not smart enough <laughs> to do that study or research, but if I could find the right person to do it, that would be great. Maybe the right person is listening. We'll find out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a wonderful program. Uh, you know, I, I was at the Harding County Stock Growers Convention. The One of the Calcutt items uh, they sold, I don't even remember what the what we bought, but it was donated back several times, uh, and it was to raise funds for the processing. And uh, I don't know exactly how many years worth of processing they raised funds for that night, but more than one. I think they're, they're several years ahead. As you point out, people seem to really want to participate in this program. Right. And, and why wouldn't you? Uh, there's, there's so many good things coming from it. Uh, for starters, getting locally raised beef to our kids. I think that's great. Um, right. Building those, those future consumers down mm-hmm. the road. Exactly. So I, I applaud the program and what you've done already, and, and thank you very much for your volunteerism in that regard. Uh, are there better ways for folks to reach you if they have an interest in expanding this in their area or through their local stock growers, or what would you encourage there? Um, anybody can reach out to me. Call me. Okay. Um, my phone number is 605-390-4241. I, you know, like I said, I'm more than happy to to come help get the process going. You not build the program for them, but you'll help. Right. right? Get the ball rolling. <laughs> and like I said, it really does. It The key to the program is to have a community member or members that step up to, to oversee and take responsibility of the program. But I am more than happy to help with, you know, setting that up, kind of how we structured it, guidelines, meeting with school board members, whatnot, and helping in any way, shape, or form I can to get it going. Well, I very much applaud your efforts, Amy, and thank you for your time here today on the local podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Anything else you we've missed? Well, I'm trying to think. I think my next, the next thing that, and this was a conversation that came out of Stock Growers Convention in Rapid with a gentleman, is he wants to have signs made to put in all the sale barns talking about sure. the Beef to School program, which I thought was a great idea. And, you know, he said, you never know, maybe somebody will be sitting in the sale barn one day that wants to, to donate a beef. And so that's next on my list is to, to get some promotional I guess items, signs made for sale barns with the schools in the area that are on the program yeah. and, and utilizing the local raised beef. So I bet I can help you with that. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been Clay Berkland with the local podcast. My guest today has been Amy Pravacek uh, talking about beef to school. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Pioneer Bank and Trust, member FDIC.